Bench Ben here, and welcome to the Benchcast. Our guest today is Westside Louie, and no, not Louie Simmons, but we got the next best thing over here. That would be Westside Lou. What's your real name, Lou? Uh, just Louis. Louis, Louis, Louis 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 Bond. Lou, Louis Bond, whatever you... So we got Louis Bond, a.k.a. Westside Lou. A.k.a. Big Fat Ugly. Instagram. <laughs> uh, I wanted to... Uh, formerly known, the artist formerly known. known as. <laughs> I want to delve into why the hell are you called Westside Lou? Um, well, when I started coming to the gym uh, to train with you guys, um, I was always wearing a Westside Barbell hoodie. That's true, I remember that. I, like, every day. <laughs> and... Um, I was just getting into geared powerlifting, uh, like multiply powerlifting, and I had mentioned that I went to Westside Barbell to just get a couple training days in, uh, just to see what it was about. And uh, from then on, I was known as either Big Man or Oh Westside Big Man. Okay. Yeah, everyone's yeah. I, I know. So you adopted Westside, but it made me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I've been called Big Man. <laughs> But I did, yeah, I, I adopted the uh, the Westside Lou nickname. It's much better than being called Little Man. You don't want that? Way better. So the first time I met you, you were bringing up the story of Westside. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty badass. What, what was the whole deal with that? You actually went down to Ohio yeah. to Westside Barbell. Talk about how the hell you even got into that. So um, for my 21st birthday, uh, instead of getting like a bunch of booze, my parents got <laughs> me a... A trip to Westside Barbell to train for two days. How so, do you do that? You know, do you I honestly, I don't even know. I think they they sent an email to the manager and they were just like, "Hey, can my son come train with you guys?" And uh, that's that's basically it. So I, I met your mom. She's a very nice lady. <laughs> I'm sure she sent a very nice email. Probably, very courteous, yeah. and they must have let you in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's all it was. But. Um, I, I don't know the details of it because I definitely was in shock that I was even going. So at the time I had competed mostly raw. I had competed once single ply, um, but I was starting to you know delve into geared power, like full on real life powerlift, big boy powerlifting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I went. It was in January. Uh, my birthday was in December. I went in January. I uh, went for two days. It was a dynamic squat session and a dynamic bench session. So you're you're a upstate New Yorker. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden your mom's like, You're going to Westside Barbell over in Ohio. <laughs> what the hell were you feeling? Were you nervous as shit? Um, I wasn't nervous until the drive to Ohio actually happened. So I'm with my girlfriend and we're driving to Columbus. Uh, we get to the hotel and I pretty much can't sleep. So I'm freaking out, I, I get up in the morning, and uh, all the stories I had read were like, you cannot be late, you can't be late, do not be late, and I, it, it um, early ass? Oh, very early, it was, I mean, not very early, it was earlier than I was used to, but it wasn't too early. It was 7, I had to be there at 7 for training at 7.30. Alright. So, yeah, nothing crazy, but it was early than, earlier than I, you know, was used to at the time, I guess. But, uh... I get there, and uh, I'm driving there, and my mom calls me, and she goes, Lewis, I'm sorry, but uh, Louis Simmons, he's not going to be there. I didn't know, but I just got a call. Um, he was supposed to be there, and I'm, I'm really upset. Like, he should have been there. This was the whole thing, but apparently he, he had a, a meeting. And I'm like, Ma, don't worry about it. I'm still, like, at Westside. I'm still, I'm still with all the guys. Like, it's crazy. 
So um, I, I pull up. I'm at. I'm in the parking lot at the gym, and I call my mom. And I'm like, all right, mom, I'm here. Like, this is happening. Like, thank you so much. And <laughs> and as I'm on the phone with her, a little red jeep pulls up, like super old jeep pulls up, and Louis Circuit starts waddling out. Yeah, so the so then I'm like, <laughs> right, because I I don't have a lot of like those like hero figures, but to me that was that was huge. So um, I I'm, I'm talking to my mom I'm like, Ma, he's here, he's here. She's like, Oh my god, I can't believe it. So uh, I I walk in and I'm pretty much shaking it right now, and I'm I'm like I'm you know, total total puss, but. Yeah, what do you do? These are like the people that, well, I, you hear, that I look up to. Like it's it's not an open gym, right? You, no, you, it's you only hear stories. Right, it's invite only, um, unless you make an appointment like I did, but like my parents did. Um, the only stories I've heard is people like bleeding and right. shaking, get punched in the face. Right. So yep. I figure you're walking into a bra. Basically, so I'd be nervous as shit. Oh, absolutely. I figure you're walking into Disney World and meeting Mr. Disney himself. <laughs> I'm very laid back in my train. Is the Walt Disney in powerlifting? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so we, when we train, we're just messing around. Right, we goof around, but we get the training, and this yeah. is this is definitely the opposite atmosphere. So I walk in, uh, I set my stuff down, and um, I'm like looking around for somebody to, you know, help me out because I had no idea what the hell was going on. I yeah. had no information. So I go and um, there's a little room right next to the entrance with like uh, like the stereo system and everything. So I look at, uh, and Jason Coker is in there, and for those of you that don't know Jason Coker, you probably legend. should. He's a legend. 900-pound uh, bench at 198. Like, the guy's a savage. That's got to be the best bench ever. Right. In best, period. Best bench of all time. It's unbelievable. So I walk in, and there's a little dude with no neck. He's standing like this. He's pl plugging his phone into the into the, the music, and I'm like, um... Hi, I'm, I'm here to train with you guys. Like, my name's Lewis. My mom made an appointment. Like, <laughs> a total loser. And uh, he doesn't even, like, I have to look down at him to talk to him. He's he's short, but he's like, Jack. He doesn't even look up at me. He stays looking at his phone. He goes, you're not training with us. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, shit. So, um, so then it, after that, you know, I, I found... Louie, and I found the people I was actually supposed to be training with, like, there was two groups, there was, like, the actual, like, big guys, and then there was, like, the women and children over there, <laughs> I trained with the women and children, <laughs> and then, you know what, they were still kicking my ass, so. Were they athletes, what was the deal, just general people? No, it was, they were, yeah, they were Westside Barbell athletes, they were members of the gym, um, it was just, uh, uh, one of the very lightweight men, he was, like, 132 or one. Yeah, I think 132, and then there was uh, a couple ladies, and then some of the interns. So, that's who I was training with that day. So you got thrown into what we might call the B group? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, because Louis, the first thing Louis comes up to me and says, he goes, ah, what do you squat? I'm like, oh, I've squatted 620 in single play gear. He goes, okay, so you'll be with them. Uh, you definitely won't be with the, the, the other group. They... They're squatting eight. We're doing five by five today. They're working up to eight hundred and fifty pounds. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be over there. <laughs> I'll, I'll be over there. Don't worry about me. What was your impression of the guys themselves versus maybe Louis? That was our contrast. So with what was going on in that group, that group A, so to speak, with Jason Coker? Sure. How was Louis? What was what was going on? Um, Louis was honestly 
very laid back. It was it was weird almost. Um, everyone else was sort of breeding that intensity. They were they were you know boiling up. They, they to them everything's a competition. But to Louis, he's really just facilitating that. So. You know, they're screaming and hollering, but they're all yelling cues at each other. They're all like, okay, you need to do this better. But it was very, very intense, very, you know, psycho. It was more than I was used to. Um, everything was moving like, okay, one guy would get done with his set. Boom, next guy's already in. The, the guy following him already knows what height he's at, what weight has to go on the bar. So there's very no bullshit. Like, no just, bullshit. You're just there to train. Yeah. No one's talking about anything else but training. Right, they're not shooting the shit. They're, it's nothing. It's, all, every word out of their mouth was about training. So that was pretty cool to me. That's that's something I that's something I like. I think there's a time and a place for that, but to me, I might get burnt out. At this point in my career, I might get burnt out doing that. Um, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> I think you know. Ultimately, I you know, being at Westside, that would be the dream. But like, I, don't I think know I, I have, a, I have those days on and off. Like some days you need that intensity. I think a little more than others, and then for sure. The other days, I just like to, to have fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, training to them is not about fun. It's about that's their that's their life. Yeah, like, like their girlfriends come reason. second, their jobs come second, their lives come second. Training is like their one everything in priority. their life revolves around training. <laughs> right, yeah, and I can't say that. What they <laughs> eat, what they eat, they eat, sleep, breathe training. Like, yes. and I, you know what? I I love it, but. I don't know if I could uh, handle a relationship. I don't know if I could, <laughs> if I could hold a job and, and train like they do. Although that'd be that'd be fun for a little so, while. That sounds like a pretty cool experience. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So I remember you were telling me that story when I first met you, and I always came in with the Westside Barbell Apparel. So <laughs> Westside Lou it is. That's uh, that's the bird. Not of to Westside be confused Lewis. with the real Westside. The real Westside Lou number two. So, <laughs> let's go back to the Arnie. I remember uh, I actually competed two years ago, full power. That's when I met you. And then you just competed this past year mm-hmm. down at the Arnold. Uh, how, how'd that go? That was your first experience, at least, there competing. Um, kind of tell us what happened there. How'd the lifts go? Um, it was... This is multiply, full power. Yeah, real lifting. Yeah. It was it was not it was not my best meet definitely. Um, I had competed. My qualifying meet was I mean just everything everything went right. Crushed it. It was the it was seriously like the perfect meet honestly. Um, you had uh, one deadlift at the end. I remember you hit your opener. You were I think where are you going? On the I went up? so I I went six hundred six thirty five. But that wasn't your ticket. The punch. N- yeah. Not six. Oh no, 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 not six thirty-five. My my second but attempt. Missed I missed my second attempt. The carpet on the platform was brand new. So as I was locking it out, my feet slid out to the sides, probably like just a quarter inch. But that was enough to make me lose my balance. Yep. So six thirty-five. The I get like this at lockout, and I fucking drop it, and I oh my god, it's pissing me off to this day. <laughs> but, you but so technical. yeah, it was technical. I, the strength was there for sure. So I go and sit down and. Um, John comes over to me, John Gaglion, for those who don't know. Uh, John comes over to me, he goes, well, uh, you need 19.25 to, to make the total. That's what you need. That's why we're here. So you have to deadlift 670. And I said, well, John, I've never even picked that up before. I've never held that in my hand. And he said, well, it's either you're not in the meet, or, or it's either you don't qualify and don't deadlift 960 or 970, 
or you go up a little bit and still don't qualify, like, <laughs> 670, <laughs> 960, yeah, whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm not pulling that. He's, he's like, you're either, you either qualify and pull 670, or you are out of the meet regardless. So you have to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> still going to do it. Right. <laughs> Load it up. So that definitely was like, I think that was the best lift of my career to, to date. That, that was, was that was pretty cool because we that knew was that was your that was your ticket punch. One of our other lifters, uh, she just missed her last one, so she didn't quite qualify. Uh, barely. And um, and then you were there, you know, and and I don't think anyone else was trying to qualify that day. So mm-hmm. if you didn't punch your ticket, well, you know, kind of a shitty day. Yeah. So so I, I made there, it. and uh, I know we I took a behind film. I got oh, the front all set. I had the best film of the day. I think I had crowd, the best film I think of the day. Gene say something, I don't know. There was the crowds getting up. It was pretty awesome. That was crazy, yeah. You just freaking grip and rip, baby, and it just rides up, and then everyone's yelling, and we knew he punched his ticket. <laughs> so that got you into the Arnie. And what yes. total was that? Uh, that was 1925. So I they had an 820-pound squat, a 435-pound bench, and a 670-pound deadlift. So that's what I that's what I needed that day. So um, we fast forward to the Arnie. Yep. What was their expectation of me? Obviously, I already been there before. You were handling. Some I had of been well. there, but uh, the the atmosphere when I was competing was much different than when I was handling somebody. So I I started off, um, you know, I was handling my my previous coach uh, Luke Pelton. Um, he had qualified. He was competing raw. So I went and he, you know, he asked me to be my handler or to be his handler, and I was I was helping him out the whole day, and it was very different. There was a lot of competitors in the uh, elite raw category, so there was a lot of time in between. Things. It was like a typical meet. When I competed, there was 17 lifters total in the whole session, so things were moving very quickly, yeah, way quicker than I remember, or than I, not that I remember, but than I was used to. You know, my I don't think my conditioning was as good as it should have been. Um, cause by the end of it, like at, when I got to my third attempts for all the lifts, I was gassed, you know, and then, um, by the end of the day, it really, I was shot, but, um, the whole day we were done, like we were done very early. It was like just past noon, which it usually runs till around three. So there was not many lifters. Yeah. And people were bombing out like crazy. Like, like there was 17 of us by the end of squats, we were down to around, uh, I don't know, like eleven people. Yeah, yeah. By, by the time deadlifts came, by the time deadlifts came, it, it was like me and a few other guys. <laughs> it was like, what the hell's going on? But uh, they actually had to slow down the meat and like give extra time in between attempts just to account for like the speed that we uh, that we were going at. So um, starting off on squat, like everything was going good. I took a five pound PR on my second attempt, which was huge. It went up like butter. It was very easy. I took 825 on my second, and then the plan was 850 on the third, but 825 just moves so well, and I'm not going to just take 850. Five pound PR, correct? What? 850? No, 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 that would have been, no, that would have been a 30 pound PR. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, Coach Ben over here was like, nah, F it, we're, go- we're going big. I'm like, don't tell me what we're squatting, so uh, this is bars loaded for Lewis Bond. I get up and it's 865. That was big weight. Stand up strong with it. Um, come down. I get the up call from Benny. Comes up okay at first. I have a little weird bobble, but that but I finished the lift. So I got called for downward movement. Um, 
the the spotters grabbed me a little bit, so I got called for that too. So it was two reds. Um, it was two I to one. I don't even know if you got called for downward movement. Yeah, that, no, that's what that's it was. What yeah, say. yeah. Oh, looking at it, looked like they jumped it quick. They did, they just but they didn't. They they tucked, they tapped it a little bit, but not enough to where it would like help me. But still, just them touching the weight, it's an automatic red. Um, yeah, I was pissed about yeah, that. That one so sucked. That sucked. But I, you know what, I finished still it. Still had so. a five pound PR. Yeah, five pound PR. That if I made that squat and had everything else go the way it did, it still would have been a twenty pound meat PR, mm -hmm. which was that's crazy. So uh, or. I think t 10 or 15 pounds, maybe, yeah. maybe 20, I can't remember. But um, going on to bench, um, I missed my opener like a jackass. Like, that should not have happened. Warm-ups were going well. Felt a little heavy, but, you know, nothing crazy. Like, I, I'm always used to, you know, the weight feeling heavy anyway. So um, I go up for my first attempt, and the bench is actually lower. Like, the, like the actual bench, it was lower than what we have in the warm-up room. So... I can't get my setup right, and then I forget to have the bar raised to my proper height. Yeah, so I'm taking it out. Yeah, so I'm taking it out like this. Um, I had to have basically like a big tricep extension to get my, my bench in place on the handoff, and um, I just completely effed it. I touched way too low. Uh, I came up, and it, it you get, with, with the shirt that I have, which I'm not particularly a fan of, uh, you get a big drive off the chest, and then it completely dies. So you really need the top end strength, and you need to be in perfect position. I was not in perfect position, so I couldn't recover. So came up and dropped it immediately. So I'm pissed about that. So, all right, whatever. Next next attempt, I'll just retake it. Retake it. I fix the setup. I make sure I'm tighter than normal because I have to be because the bench is too low. Benny helps set the bar at the right height. He remembers because I, again, didn't. Um, but that came up like butter. That was like an empty bar. Same thing. It was four, 420 pounds, yeah. So then went up to on my third, 440. Same exact thing as the first attempt. I touched too low and died. So that sucked. Um, moving on to deadlifts, I think I was just gassed by the end. Yeah. Um, my opener moved a little slower than normal. Um, second attempt was an all-out grind, even though it was 10 pounds. Yeah, it was like, I, I gave everything I had left in me in that second attempt. And then, uh, that was 660. Uh, went on to 680 for a 10-pound PR, and that would have given me a total PR, I think. Um, or tied my, to tied my total, my, my best total. It went up to 680, got it up to around my knees, and just completely died. It, it, it murdered me. So, you know, a lot of things throughout the whole day was sort of like killing, like, you know, killing my momentum. Like, I'm, I'm pissed off from the squat. Like, ah, F it. Then I mess up on the bench. Ah, God, this place sucks. And then I, met, I screw up on the deads just because I'm tired and I had no one's going to get at a meet like that. Right. It was my it was my first big meet. It's like going to war. It's like shipping off the war. But uh, there's a lot of big stigma around the Army. Everyone wants to compete at the Army. Uh, why do you think that is? Why is it such like a popular meet? Obviously, there's some qualifications that go along with yeah. it. Um, but what's up with everyone wanting to do the Army? Like, what is it about that weekend and everything else in your opinion? That um, makes I, it so big? I just think it's you know it's a fun meet. It's a great atmosphere. You actually have some real competition. Because leading up to that, it's basically everybody is competing against themselves, which sometimes, I'll be honest, just isn't that fun. It's kind of boring. You know, um, just going to meet after meet after meet and just winning 
every time, it's like you kind of get a big head without necessarily anything to back it up. You know, you, yeah, you, the, like having an actual competition setting against real lifters that you might lose to, that's way different. It's it way so different. Big fish, small pond kind of syndrome. You get from meat to meat to meat. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, competing at, um, you know, I, I just graduated from Hofstra. We would host meets, and there were no multiply guys ever. Like, the first multiply meet I ever did, um, it was kind of a smaller meet. It was last year, uh, heat wave in July. Um, I took, my opener squat was 400 pounds heavier than the previous squat. So... <laughs> Then everyone else's first attempt. It was like, okay, three, what was it? it was three something was the squat before me, and it's okay, bars loaded to 735. And everyone's like, what? What's going on? So, you know, it, it, it was fun to actually have some, some real life competition. So we, we like it because it brings together all the multiply guys. And for those that don't know, multiply is just with the um, assistance of you know, wearing material mm -hmm. um, to help you with the lifts, so to speak. Uh, almost like a slingshot. I hate to say that though, because it's not like a slingshot. Not at all. But you you have that assistance of equipment that you wear. Um, but it brings all those guys together and girls uh, into one meet. And there's only one trophy. That's first place. Right, first place only. I got. I ended up getting third. Um, and even uh, even if like I I had PR'd my total by like a ton, I still would have got third. So it, it, that meet, it didn't necessarily matter whether or not I PR. The whole goal was just to win, and that by by the, by the end of squats, it wasn't happening anyway. Had I had I stuck with it, uh, you know, made all my squat attempts, made all my bench attempts, I still would have been in it. But uh, I, I might have squeaked out second place. But it doesn't matter anyway because if you're if you're first, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> you know, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so I guess that's why I enjoy it too. Just it's real competition. You know, you're not there to just PR your total. Right. You're there. You're there to compete. You're there to win. You're there to win. Kick everyone else in your weight class's ass. Right. And I think that's real fun and interesting because after a while, uh, it's great to think that way when you're a beginner just trying to up your total every time. But after a while, you want to actually compete with someone. Right? Sure. That's kind of why we all get into it. You know, I came from a background base, uh, baseball background, and you compete with people. So I'm real competitive. Everyone knows that. I always try to egg people on. But, like, you need some ass to kick every now and then. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think that in combination with just the Arnie Weekend's biggest sports festival around, uh, it's just such a great time. I always love going down there, um, even though I don't think Columbus is the greatest place ever. Might not be fun back to Ohio. <laughs> as, we, as we covered in our Arnie recap show, um, I think we can host it somewhere else maybe. But, it's always a good time, and that's why I enjoy the meet, too. Uh, I figured we'd get into a little bit of gear talk for those that might not know yeah, baby. You know what Multiply <laughs> is or what it encompasses. So uh, what, could, what would be like your basic breakdown of what Multiply or even Single Ply would be, um, some of the things you wear, all that? Uh, so uh, the, the difference mainly between Multiply and Single Ply is the amount of layers that you're wearing. So Single Ply, you get one layer of a supportive polyester fabric. Um, it's very tight, generally, like bone-crushingly so, uh, to the point where you can't breathe, which, you know, that's not, not my exciting <laughs> cup of tea. I, I competed in it once, I, I don't know if I'll do it again. It, it's really tough. Um, multiply is, you're allowed, I know the RPS rulebook says you're allowed, um, for the squat, you're allowed two pieces of supportive equipment, so a pair of briefs and a suit, and each 
a piece of equipment uh, at the time I was competing amateur. Um, for amateur, you're allowed two layers of fabric per garment. So it's, a mul it's two ply briefs, two ply suit, you're good to go. Uh, for pro, it's unlimited amount of layers, but still two, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, two garments, unlimited amount of layers per garment. So you can have like a triple ply, but then a lot so of times you're, you're not getting it At that point, done. you're just like stacking, you're stacking t-shirts upon t-shirts kind of thing. Yeah. So you're getting much more support. But yeah. also, too, that's not always what you want, just because now right. a little more tricky to hit depth on the squat. Do you not, every, every layer you add, it's it becomes almost exponentially harder to control. Mm -hmm. So squatting in single ply, you can watch a lot of like the uh, the IPF people, you know, squatting single. I know it's big in the IPF single ply mostly, um, not so much everywhere else. But uh, in the IPF, they'll dunk their squats. You know, they'll they'll drop real fast. They'll sink it really deep. You can't necessarily do that in multiply. The deepest squatter in multiply by far is Gene Rischlack. He in a canvas suit and briefs still dunked a thousand pounds to the basement. The guy's a monster. Now, I squat pretty deep in multiply, but I know when I've hit depth because I can't see anymore. Like you literally <laughs> you lose you literally lose your vision. It's a lot and of pressure compared it's, to rock. It's a lot of pressure through that compression. Yeah, yeah. So I, I the the easiest way I can compare the pain, I guess, and like what it feels like on your body is multiply is like being squeezed to death by an anaconda and single ply is like getting bitten by a police dog. So, you know, it, it's pinching in all Very the spots. Yeah, you're, you're, you're uh, you know, the bench shirt, you'll get a giant bite, mar like bite marks on your pet coming up here across your chest. I get them in my, in my armpits, in my triceps for single ply, but multiply, it's just like a lot of pressure. You sort of have to ride the weight down. You know, it's, it's a, a crushing pain versus a biting pain. So that's... So for someone that doesn't, is like, now I will never do it. Now I will never No, 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 no. It's not, it's not unbearable, but, but it hurts. But, but so, you gotta, you gotta pass through that. You gotta push through. If you're, if, if someone's freaking out right now, they're like, well, I'm just gonna stick the rock. Why would you ever want to do the single ply multiply? What are you getting out of doing it? What do you enjoy um, the most out of it? I, the reason I wanted to do it is because I was bored with raw lifting. Raw, I, so. I mean, I'll be honest, raw lifting is freaking dumb. It's, <laughs> it's boring. It's no fun. You know, it's just the same thing every single day. Like, okay, I'm squatting five by whatever today. Who cares? I'm benching six sets of BS. Like, no, it's it's lame. It's the same thing every time. So with multiply and with single ply even, there's a, a much greater degree of, like, technical prowess you have to show in order to lift the weight. So it's a challenge every single day. If you're three pounds overweight, you know, over what you normally train at, you're not going to touch your chest when you bench. If you're three pounds underweight, it'll sink to your chest and you're not going to get any pop. So it's it's almost down to a science. It has to be very precise. You can't muscle anything. You have to be strong, but you have to be perfect. And if you're not perfect, you're going to catch the bar with your teeth. You're going to have to dump it off your back. Uh, you're going to have to ditch it. You know, it's, it's, it's much more fun because... 
there's you know a little fear involved. <laughs> you know, there's there's um, really hurt yourself. Yeah, and you have to be you really have to be a technician, and and if you're not, you're just not going to be successful. And there's nothing like that on top of that. Why would you want to lift less weight? You could lift more. Yeah. <laughs> weight. Exactly. That's a big one. Lift more yeah. weight. Yeah. Oh, what? Do you, how but much you bench? I tell them. Yeah, four thirty-five with a multiplier. <laughs> I was at a commercial gym once. The guy asked me because I think he saw my big bench shirt. And he asked me, hey, big man, what are you benching today? Or how much you bench, he asked me. I said, uh, at the time, it was like 650 I told him. And he just gives me the biggest look. And I didn't classify if that was multiplied or wrong. I just told him 650 right, You don't have and to he was like, why are you doing that today? I want to go watch you. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm more like 135 today. But <laughs> and that probably gassed you, didn't it? Yeah. You remember like 720, right? Yeah. 650 was like last week. Right. So, yeah, but I, I just, I'm not going to tell them it's wrong shirt. I'm just telling them the best lift so for sure. that you get. But, uh, yeah, that's what I love, too. It's, it's uh, taking the strength you have. You have to have a good raw base, and then it's just adding different dimensions mm-hmm. to it and making it uh, a lot more difficult in a lot of different ways. You got to control your body weight, control your technique. For sure. Uh, the training's a little different. I actually want to talk to you, too, about the differences in the training uh, versus raw training. Like, how so is training in multiplier, single-ply gear going to be a little bit different than getting into uh, a raw gear, per se. And maybe some of the training tools, too, for someone just getting into it, like yeah. Titan Ram or Slingshot. Or sure. Uh, so training multiply is much harder. It's Than single or raw? Both. 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 Okay. Yeah, you can, you know, I know, like, Mike Ducher, he, he gets away training alone in single-ply, like in a commercial gym, which I still think is bananas, but, you know, I... Blaine Sumner trains alone in his single-ply gear a lot of the time. I know I couldn't do that. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm just not as good as them. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as good as some of the best in the world. Right, right. Um, but uh, raw, you can train alone. It's very easy. You do a bunch of sets, a bunch of reps. You get out of there. Multiply training is a lot more singles. Uh, it's a lot more uh, developing technique. It's a lot more... Um, getting accommodated to the pressure of the weight. Um, so a lot of times uh, it, it's, you know, you're not, it's, it's not as high frequency, not as high volume, otherwise you would just burn out. You know, I'm, I'm in the shirt once every, or once a week for two, two weeks on, one week off, and I still like need more time to recover. Uh, I take I take one heavy squat in my in full gear before a meet like that's it like so otherwise you, uh, I'm, I'm you're dead. saying the majority of training still raw for the most part. Well, in all, all my squats, I still use briefs um, because I want the overload. I I need to have the heavy weight on my back because if so I'm training if I'm training sub 400 pounds all the time for a bunch of reps, I'm not going to be prepared to squat 800 pounds, 800 Absolutely. 900 pounds. It's just not going to happen. So you so, use minimal gear, and then you're just kind of layering on more as you go. Right. So I'll use minimal gear. I won't use knee wraps, mostly, uh, until, like, again, my last heavy couple squats. I will not use my suit. I pretty much just stick in my normal, like, very broken-in two-ply briefs. They definitely give me a lot of support, but it's not so much to where I'm not using my own body to lift the weight as well, you know. So I'm, I'm getting definitely some carryover out of it. I, I mean, for sure, I can squat 700 in my briefs. I can squat, you know, close to 600 without them. 
So what's the difference between briefs and a suit for someone that's not sure? Briefs kind of so, like a half suit, right? Yeah, the squat briefs is just the bottom half of a squat suit. And then you add the squat suit on top. It's another bottom half with the, it's like a, a big old singlet big that singlet. can stand up, stand up by itself. So um, so majority of the training is done in the briefs. It gives you enough. Yeah. Um, enough support that you can add that weight, yeah. but it's not like wearing a full suit where you need like 800 something pounds to even think about depth. Right, I, I can't even get to depth until I have my opener on my back when yeah. I'm squatting. Like I, it's that it's that tough. But um, you know the the briefs allow me to train with, and I, I force myself to train with the same technique as if I had my full gear on. So I'm still trying to. It, Basically, picture I have the, this full suit on, full knee wraps on, everything, um, but it lets me train without that crazy overload stimulus to where I'm killing myself every day. You know, and I'm, I pretty much stick to um, either singles, like maximal effort singles, or like a, a speed, you know, triples and doubles uh, to work the briefs, work the explosive power out of the bottom there. So it sounds like to me there's a lot more fatigue management. One hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's actually a, a major problem I had when I was training for the Arnold. Is uh, not to make excuses or whatever, but um, I had just started my final semester of college. I had just gotten an internship, so I was up every single day at four in the morning, uh, Monday through Friday. I was up at four in the morning. I wouldn't go to bed till around ten, eleven at night. So I'm not getting much sleep. I had not as much time as I would like to eat. I, you know, found myself in a bit of a rut, like not wanting to train because it's, it's freaking tough. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I was working with, uh, all the D1 athletes on campus. Um, you know, I was the strength and conditioning intern. I was up at four in the morning to be with, uh, the volleyball girls at five. I would train from five to nine, uh, with them. I would go to class well, with multiple teams. I would go to class, uh, come back, try and find something to eat, go back to class, back to the internship, and then at night have to come train, and then do homework at night. It was killing me, you know? So I I wasn't eating right. I would have, like, a, a large Domino's pizza, like, per day. <laughs> so I, I wasn't eating as much as I should. I wasn't eating right, you know? I'm having... McDonald's sausage burritos at four in the morning with a, a big cup of coffee and then, and then trying to, you know, find time to train it. It really was wearing me down. So fatigue management is huge. If you're not eating, if you're not sleeping, if you're not doing the thing, you know, reco actually recovering, true recovery, not like, oh, I'll take an ice bath and that'll make me better. It won't. You need to sleep. You need to eat. The, the best advice I think Coach Ben has ever given me aside from you know actual bench press help is all you need to recover from a good workout is a big meal and a nap that's all you need and he could not be more right is you need to sleep and you need to eat and i wasn't doing that because i physically could not i i didn't have the time and that was a major issue for me you know so forcing yourself to to eat properly and to you know hindsight is 2020 obviously if i were to redo it um Make sure I'm getting to bed on time, doing my homework when I can, instead of staying up all night and doing that, playing video games. <laughs> like, I needed to sleep, I needed to eat. Well, you see all these people getting, granted, these things are helpful. You see all the voodoo raps out there, sure. all this other other stuff that you can get your hands on, the stim machines. At the end of the day, 
You just eat a shit ton, right? <laughs> Make sure you got that caloric surplus, feeding your muscles. Yeah. Take a damn nap. You're going to feel pretty good. You're going to feel great. So Nothing's going to kill you, Martin. And, and guess Chronic what? sleep loss. While food costs your money, a nice nap does not. <laughs> and I could fall asleep anywhere. You just give me some ground to lay on. I, I'm right there with you, Ben. So it is the least expensive, uh, most efficient mode of recovery. Taking a, <laughs> taking a goddamn nap. <laughs> so, Louie, uh, I actually wanted to... Uh, first off, do you think you could have done that raw, just for the difference? Do you think you could have done all that and still trained raw and been at the Arnie raw versus multiplied? Does it really conk you out more so? I think multiply, barreled out? multiply is absolutely more strenuous on your body you know I'm you know I'd have to the last couple of weeks of training I'm I'm squatting 800 pounds uh, you know back to back like week after week and um, you know I'm taking like my heaviest reverse band and the reverse bands don't really help that much the ones we use um, every week I'm taking a massively heavy bench and then we're doing you know with you I was doing those singles you know the heavy raw singles was crushing them you know, so it just, the wear and tear, like, not only on your body, it, but, like, on your mental health and, like, just <laughs> just your, your sanity, it's tough, you know, and, and you, you need that time to recover. I think if I were doing it raw, my training would be way different, and um, just that, that CNS fatigue that you're getting from, from standing up with over 800 pounds, you know, unracking it, taking it to depth standing up with it again yes. it's way harder than doing you know a few reps yes absolutely we, uh, we get out there yeah no, I'm gonna pause yeah your internet blows to the <laughs> it's fine <laughs> but yeah I, it's like when I um, when I'm prepping someone for me if it's multiply whatever it is it's like I know what's about to happen mentally yeah. within that six weeks it's like a guy on constant period until the meet, <laughs> just like crabby, you know, very irritated uh, yeah. easily. But you understand that because I've been through it as well, and uh, I always go through that too. Like going closer to a meet, I get agitated more. It's not about my training. I don't really want to um, yeah. get involved with that, and I get easily frustrated. Yeah. But uh, you know, beats you up pretty good. I granted now that I'm just focusing on bench, it's a lot easier than trying to focus on all the lifts. <laughs> it is tough. Uh, it, I give you that. It is really tough to yeah. bring it on squat and bring it on bench the next day, and then have to deadlift the shit ton and then do a bunch of singles raw. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. So that's very difficult. Um, that's okay. why it's so impressive to me. Like when I went to the pro day at the Arnold, you know, just to watch. Um, I was on the elite day again. Not that good. But uh, you know, I went. I went to the pro day, and you know, someone like Matt Minnith, uh, Matt Minuth, Matt Minnith, whatever. Uh, you know, he's squatting a grand, and then benching nine hundred, and then deadlifting over seven, uh, seven eight. I can't remember what it was, but that's outrageous. You know, and and being there and being like into it and having your body ready for that, that's insane that to me. Nuts. That guy deserves a two week. Yeah, <laughs> just two weeks straight. Put him in a cave. Because, like, cave. after you're, you know, I, I, when I was competing raw, I would, you know, I, I'd take all my all my attempts on meet day. The day after, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to train again. I, I might take the day after off, but then Monday, I'm, I'm back in it. Like, I'm ready yeah. to go. I am donezo 
for a week when I'm done with a multiply meet. Like, you feel like you got hit by a train. It's no joke. It's yeah, it's way harder. Like, even though Ben was talking before, after his 650 bench, he goes down to a plate. Yeah. And it beats him up. It was not even a plate. It, it was, <laughs> right, you had to was, work up to a yeah. plate. It was, it was a quarter. No, I couldn't even work up from the quarter. Because you get used to singles for, like, eight weeks straight. That quarter, you try to do pause reps, 20 reps of it. That will freaking kick you. It ass. will destroy you. I'm telling you, it's never more embarrassing to happen to me when I'm trying to do a quarter. <laughs> I literally cannot do a quarter. That's how bad it is. That's why I like, you know, West Side. They, they compete on Saturday. They're back max effort squad yeah, on Monday. They, they, like, they, don't, they don't ever take a break. <laughs> they got one speed that's heavy all the time. And if you break, you're out. All right, you're done. <laughs> Only the strong survive. Yeah, heal up and get back in. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you mentioned uh, you had that strength conditioning internship. Mm -hmm. You just graduated school, um, bachelor's, right? Yep. You did your four years, whatever, at Hofstra mm -hmm. in, in Long Island, New York. Um, and you want to pursue a strength conditioning career, is that correct? That is correct, yes. So tell us a little bit about, you did some internships. Uh, tell us a little bit about internships, like the differences in some of them, and then kind of why you want to pursue that career, what you like about it. Sure. So um, my first internship ever was actually at Hofstra. It was like a summer summer camp internship, you know, for strength and conditioning. We had to introduce a bunch of, like, uh, like high school athletes to what it would be like in a D1 program. So we would put them through um, sort of what was expected of them as a we treated them as a D1 athlete, essentially, while still remembering they were, you know, 13 to 18. Yeah. So, um, it was basically, training-wise, it was the same as if they were a D1 athlete, but they also had classroom time, so they were learning, like, about strength and conditioning, you know, mechanisms of, like, muscular force and, like, what they're, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. This, the, the science behind well, it, in addition to the training. Um, my, so that was great. Um, Working with young kids, I had never really done that before. Uh, I then moved into an internship at Gaglione Strength. I was sort of a coaching intern, um, but my real purpose behind it was my, originally in my head I wanted to learn a little more about like the business side of things because I had wanted to open a strength and conditioning facility. facility. Yeah, you know, we are teaching uh, athletes as well there. You know, so. right. But at the time, I was like, I, I want to own a gym. Like That's my goal. I want to own a gym. I want to train lifters. To, uh, like, I want to coach lifters to be lifters. That's what I want. And um, that was great, too. I, you know, I, I made a lot of great relationships there. I, uh, you know, it, that was my first real like opportunity to coach. Um, and then finally, I just finished my, my third internship at uh, Hofstra Athletics. Um, I was working with the D1 athletes under uh, Jimmy Prendergast, best coach in the world. That guy's the man. Um, I was that. That was you know the the athletes were calling me coach. Like I was I was actually coaching them. I was programming. I was you know writing out you know year long programs for them. It was sweet. So th that was my real like foray into coaching. And uh, yeah, that's like specific to what you you want to do. Now, yes, yes, because originally I'd wanted to open the gym, but now I'm like, wow, collegiate strength and conditioning, that's definitely the life for me. You know, it's it's fast-paced, which I definitely need, because when I have, How if so I have too much downtime, oh, yeah, 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 it, it was non-stop, it was rapid-fire, 
from 5 in the morning until 9.30, you get a little break, and then in the afternoon, boom, more athletes come in. It's session, 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 and then we would take a break, and then session, 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 because they, I mean, the coaches need to get work done too, and the athletes have classes, so um, during that time, you can still get your work done, but it's, I have, I, I think, I have undiagnosed freaking ADD, so I need, I need that, you know, constant Stimulus. Yeah, that that intake of like like a, a you know high velocity you know environment to where that's where I thrive in. You know, I'm, I'm all, I always work best when I'm busy. You I can't do, be left to like your own devices. You need things to do all the time. I, yeah, I, I need to be busy. If I'm not busy, I'm a little complacent, and I don't. That's something I'm really trying to change about myself. But uh, um, so in that environment. It was great, you know. I waking up at four sucked, but I got used to it because I'm like, this is great. I, I, how bad is it when you're in a gym, you know, teaching people how to squat? Like that's badass. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's definitely what I want to do. Uh, I am looking at uh, jobs right now in back home where I live in in Rochester, uh, be with my family, and um, you know, search for like the that entry level job while I get my master's degree. Yeah, I'm working on getting my CSCS right now, my Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. I just want to ask how much, what's like educational requirements? I mean, you do a lot of school and yeah. you get this position. Yeah. I mean, this position's not handed out to everyone. Right? No, sir. So it takes a while. To, to even be considered for a strength coach job, the absolute minimum you need is a bachelor's degree and basically not a school on earth accept you unless you have either your CSCS, which is your Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist uh, certification from the National Strength and Conditioning Association, or you need your Strength Coach Certificate Certification. It's, it's the SCCC from, from the CSCCA. Yeah, so it's um, it, it, you either need one of those two certifications or both you need... Uh, USA weightlifting on top of that a lot of times you need to be obviously CPR certified but that is bare minimum if you actually want a job you need a master's degree you know it's it's generally not required um, it's not like it's uh, across the board required some places will accept a master's degree and a CSCS as their bare minimum um, but you you know if you get a master's you're obviously in a separate pile you're going to be considered more so a master's degree typically in my field can take anywhere from one to three years. I can get it done pretty quickly, and it's stuff that I enjoy. You know, Hofstra is a great program that I'm looking into as well uh, that I might start either next semester or something like that, but, um, you know, not in the fall and the, in the winter. So it's, just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and, and it's not a lot of pay. I don't no, know why I'm doing this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not It's that. not a lucrative position yes, at all. It's not, but, and, but it's like it's, you, gotta, you just got to love doing it 100 it's a labor it's of like love you yeah. could do that education and do something else that could earn you more but then you might not it's a trade-off between doing what you really like to do and sitting at a desk potentially yeah and having to make you know make more money but sit at the desk all day yeah. and that sucks definitely i mean all my my happiest moments since i've been in college have all happened in the gym you know my or or competing or you know that that's where i make the most friends the most like i'm i'm building those relationships is it's always been in the gym. I'm happy in the gym. I'm happy under a bar. Like I want to make my career out of that. That's like why, why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I I definitely could just sit at a desk selling some like 
medical equipment or whatever the hell. I don't know. But I you mean, fulfill it. I would, no, I would, I would be working for the money and then you'd just be working with money. Right. It, but, and it might not even be more money, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, so I'm, I'm happy. I would rather make less money and be happy. Yeah, that's, that's what I would say. It, you know, I, it, 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 doing something every day, full time, for something you hate, it's not worth it to me. Yeah, it's not worth it. So you're, you're really working to get money, which you think will bring you to happiness, but then you're stuck at work and complaining <laughs> about work. <laughs> right, so you're taking all your time at work, so I, I'd, I'd rather be. It, it's actually really dumb. Right, it's really <laughs> dumb. You might as well look at what you want to do and then and do that. Right, because I can live my life around how much money I make, but I can't, you know, like do the opposite where I'm just trying to work for money and not be able to live my life. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on that deep shit. But, um, you can't be happy in life, and what else is there? Right, yeah, I, I, would, I would much, much rather... Elvis would love that podcast. He reads oh, all these deep books. <laughs> he reads a lot of those deep oh, books. What are you reading nowadays? What are you reading? I'm, I'm rereading The Alchemist right now. Okay. That's a good book to Um Man, how do I explain this without giving out the whole book, you know? I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> It's, it's basically a story told in finding your meaning in life, finding the happiness in life, and creating it. But it's all told funny. through a fictional story. <laughs> he's, he's very deep like that. He, he needs a lot of that stuff. He should really like navigate himself to the mountains and just like have his outlook at night for you. Right, just be like a shaman. Be out there. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Medicine man. There, there's this like, temple it. in like, upstate New York slash Vermont area, and this dude stayed there for like 15 days. A temple? Like what kind of temple? Like, so, so it's like these Russian Orthodox people who are monks and there's like nothing there. They just meditate all day. That sounds like a nightmare. And train dogs. <laughs> and what? Train dogs. Oh. That's how they make the money. Train dogs. Bad, bad. Yeah. Train I'll train a dog. I'll go there for a week. I'll train a dog. So, Louie, you got future meat coming up. What's the next thing for oh, West Side Louie? The, uh, the back from the ashes meat. <laughs> That's going to be sick. What is that? What fed word is it? So, RPS in New Jersey hosts, um, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's not Jersey Rumble. It's, a, I don't know what it's called, the, the title of the meet. But um, my buddy Mike Skiba, shout out, shout out. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, along with Alex Omond and Gene Rishlak, they are hosting uh, in New Jersey a, a gear palooza. You know, it's a it's a big equip battle. It's so for um, multiply single people. It's just a gathering of them. Yep, it's a so zero raw. Yeah, zero raw. We're having a whole session to ourselves. It's going to be um, everybody. All lifters are putting in some cash on top of their entry fee, mm-hmm. and uh, whoever has the best wilks out of each super class, they they take home the pot. So I'm the lightest in the uh, heavyweight division. So. Look out! <laughs> that money is mine. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be great. It's going to be when is that? That's in uh, January, January twenty seventh. Uh, RPS. Yeah. So yeah, a little ways to go. Yeah. So everybody's putting in cash. There's going to be uh, lightweight men, heavyweight men, and uh, ladies division. And um, that'll be that'll be fantastic. That sounds really fun. I like the, uh, the cash, cash prize. Yeah. Yeah, I sure. think a lot of me should just. I don't, I don't know how I don't know the the intricacies of well, running the meet. And yeah, and having to set things on who gets paid, who not. But I would love to see some money go out to to lifters, even if it's just a big prize for like a couple people. Yeah, just having that on the line, I think, is a nice draw. 
which is kind of lacking now. I mean, you're not even winning money at the Army. Maybe a sweet title, though. But that's about it. Isn't there a, a cash prize if you're, like, best overall? Uh, there might be. Like, a, it's, it's small. Not, it's, yeah, it's minuscule. Maybe, maybe a thousand for the winner, which is cool. But Yeah. Not enough. Yeah, I mean, really, the U.S. Open is great because the U.S. Open's amazing payout. Right, that's amazing yeah. payout. Forty grand is that's ridiculous. That's someone's salary. That's ridiculous. Just for lifting. Just for being strong. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dream. That's pretty, when you think, look at bodybuilding. It's so big. It's got a lot of sponsors. Right, right, right. right. And there's a lot of money in play. And that'd just be cool if you see that come to powerlifting. Unfortunately, there's like 70 different federations, and no one knows what the hell is going on anywhere. So different rules for each one. Yeah, things. Yeah, so that that's kind of tricky, but it, it would be cool. So I think that's a good start. Just people bringing back something like that, organizing yeah. that type of event, and that'd be great, especially for multiplied people. There's definitely more raw out there, um, but especially myself, I enjoy watching that equipment lifting. It's just much uh, fun to watch for me. Because uh, yeah. I know what's going on, and even a good lift, there's always a chance for failing a lift. Catastrophic failure. Lots of bomb outs. <laughs> I mean, even at my event, too, you had lots of bomb outs. Yeah. At the bench yep. bash, lots of bomb outs. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. So it's really a wild ride every time. So, Louie, we'll end. Um, will you ever go back to Raw? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, those couple weeks coming off of a meet where I'm like lifting Raw. Oh, they're the worst weeks out of my year. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I, I think Multiply is just way more fun. I mean, I don't see... And, and, you know, Multiply guys like the equipped lifters, they always last the longest. You know, you see guys in their 70s still still kicking ass, you know, just because they're in gear. Like, I, I don't know. If it's gonna, yeah, if it's going to save me in the long run, why, why would I go back to Raw? Raw's yeah, no fun. I'm lifting less weight. Who wants to do that? I'm lift less weight. Who wants to do that? We had uh, King Leo on, and we've had a lot of people on lately are transitioning from Raw over to Multiply. Multiply. And that was one of the big things for him. You know, King Leo's a 44 or something like that, mm -hmm. and, and he's a little nervous. He's already had the shoulder injury and stuff like that. Uh, so he's getting into it. Another big reason, not only to lift more weight, but also to extend his career. Because he knows, you know, you're probably one injury away from something not so great. Yeah. So he, he's getting in equipment now, so that should be fun. Um, oh, yeah, I want to thank you for uh, coming on here, Westside Loop. Had a good time with you. I think we delved into Multiply pretty good. Uh, talked a little bit about your future endeavors. So where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Lou underscore Bond underscore 220. Uh, L O U underscore B A N underscore two twenty, and then uh, I, I basically just post training lifts and uh, pictures with my girlfriend. So <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that in the, the show notes so we can actually have because I don't think anyone they can read that in their head and, and follow. I'm just gonna post it. <laughs> it was it's easier. Six letters. It's six letters. Uh, three numbers. I couldn't follow. <laughs> Listen, I was listening just now and I could not follow. <laughs> it used to be big, fat, ugly, and it was it so to much be. easier to follow. Much easier. It, it used to be, but so um, move on to twenty. Uh, you know, until you go up to two forty-two. Right until I go up to two forty-two. <laughs> and what's up with everyone in their weight classes? They always put their name and then their weight class, usually in kilograms. It's a USAPL thing. That is a USAPL thing. That's why I put the pounds. I wasn't. I don't really think that was necessarily my uh, my weight class is why I put that. But that was my old when I st when I started uh, playing PlayStation online and had a, a screen name. That was my screen uh, name. Yeah, it was, it was Lou. It was a Lou Banana Two Twenty. <laughs> now I uh, now it's just Lou Banana. I got it in PlayStation. I got a new name. 
We can find them on PlayStation. We'll play some Fortnite together. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, small arm, leg strong. If he ever said supposed Let's see if he posted something yeah. this past week. I don't think so. Something. At small arm, leg strong. And we were considering what we wanted to make it. Uh, I said you should do uh, strong leg, uh, strong arm, leg small or something. Yeah. The opposite. <laughs> uh, I'm at Bench Benny. Follow at Big Benches. Uh, you know where to find us. And leave a five star review on the iTunes if you're listening to this. Helps out the podcast a lot. And you can also catch the, the video on YouTube. There is a few really good hand gestures you want to check out. So check that out on the tubes. And uh, give us a subscribe as well. Thanks for listening, guys. This was the Benchcast. The bench case. <laughs> <laughs>